morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome back to the Porsche School <laughs> Podcast. Oh. Steve is here already because, you know, I was running late this morning due to a stick up my nose happening um, very close by to where I live. Steve, how are you? So it was a good morning. It was a good morning. Good morning. Um, well, I'm all over the shop again. Um, but so sorry again in advance. <laughs> but I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. So as you know, hello, listeners. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining again. Um, I just want to say, Steve, before I get into this, we've had like a crazy, mm. crazy amount of increase in downloads. Um, it's going up very, very quickly. Um, so I, I just mm. want to say thank you to everyone that's been sharing, uh, telling people, telling their friends about the podcast. Um, it's been great because I can see it in the downloads. It's, um, it's getting big. We were even, Steve, we were even, Steve, this mm. is very interesting. This is based on our conversation last week. We mm. got up to even number, Steven, f- yep. we got number 50 in the U.S., is that good? Well, it's for the US <laughs> it is, considering we've like a 200 last time. So number 50 in the US in automotive. Oh, okay, yeah. And another fun fact S- is sweet. this morning I looked at it and the Porsche School podcast is number one in Bahrain. Now, I've mm-hmm. never, we've never, ever been on the charts in Bahrain. We've been in Qatar, number two in Qatar, I think it was, or number one in Qatar, but never mm-hmm. in Bahrain. So something's happened in Bahrain where someone's found the podcast and is listening to it. Hopefully no one, no one knows it's me and wants to you know isn't it your neighbor with the turbo s maybe then i can go for a drive in it that'd be cool mm. i thought you joined the um porsche club too there i i am a member of the porsche club but they had no events because yeah. of covid they cancelled them all i think they're starting them up again now yeah. but um i'm still a member yeah i'm still a member i still paid the i think i paid the second year fee the other day did i maybe i think yep. so i paid i paid yep. for the porsche club in new south wales that came up again so i paid that again been a member for yep. four years now. I'm very, very excited. Not as long as you, mate. You've been, what, 20 years, is it? And, and done nothing and pretty, pretty much attended zero. <laughs> but you would be 20 years, 20 years right? Um, how long? Yeah, I've probably had. I've probably had my 964. I can't remember when I got it, but, yeah, I guess it's probably something like that. Um, I'm how sorry. How long was I when I'm, I got my Porsche? 20. It was 1990, wasn't it? 1991. No, 2000. No. 2000, right? 2001. 2002. I can't remember. Oh, mate, I'm getting old. <laughs> because the S3 came out in 2000, so you would have got the 964 in 2001, 2002-ish, I think. Maybe That's from my memory. a little memory. bit later than that. Yeah, really? Okay. 2003. You probably so know better Quite a long that. time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this morning, uh, got in the car, had a 10 o'clock appointment to do the, um, what they call the exit test when you arrive in Bahrain, Steve, as, as you know that... I have to get a test. We get a test at the airport. And then 10 days later, exactly 10 days later, we have to get another stick up our nose. In fact, she put it up twice today. So just for good measure. Um, it hurt mm-hmm. today. It wasn't enjoyable. Um, it did actually hurt. And it was a long wait. Basically, yeah. it took us like an hour and a half. It took us an hour and a half to get there and back. And literally, it's five minutes away from our place here. So it's not, you know, it's not a quick mm. process, but it has to be done. Has to be done. Yep. What was I going to say? Welcome back. We've already done that. Uh, Owner stories. Did you get a chance to listen to it, Steve? I know you've been really busy again. Sorry. Yeah, I've been smashed at work, so I didn't get around to it. Been running around like an idiot. So this week, um, to the listeners who've heard it already, I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's a good one. It's Jack from the UK. Jack is sunburnlobster911 on Instagram. So make sure you go there and follow him. Why, why sunburnt lobster? It's actually sunburnt underscore lobster underscore 911. Why sunburnt lobster? Well, um, I don't, I think Jack's got a picture of it on his Instagram. I'm pretty sure. Jack, if you haven't put one up, 
uh, that one that you showed me uh, that Jack sent me from Piston Heads when he put the post on Piston Heads. It's got a red tweed interior with red carpet, red everything. It's it sounds Stinky, scary, but it can't. Things. It yeah. sounds very scary, but as Jack and I were laughing, it it does you know it does work with that very patinaed um, silver paintwork of his car, which he's going to leave as is. Mm-hmm. But the car, you know, the car runs and it's good, and he got it from the US and. He still did the work. He still got it checked out, Steve. He still got an inspection done by a local um, specialist there. So it's all good. Yep. And yep. Jack is Jack is a good friend of um, Nick's who's been on the previous podcast who owns the white 912. Nick knows I'm very envious of his car. He found a really good one. Mm-hmm. So they've got, uh, they've got two good cars, which I'm sure will be appearing on their Instagrams coming into summer when they get them together. There'll be some good photos there of both. So you should go and follow Jack, uh, like I said, Lobster. Sunburnt, lo- sunburnt underscore lobster underscore 911. And Nick is at the classic series. Nick's got really good Instagram. He's got, a, he's got good photos. He takes good photos. Yeah, cool. And so does Jack, actually. 912s are going off then? Hmm? 912 prices are still going off? Yeah, they are, mate. Um, there was one, well, there is, <clears throat> speaking of that, and I was going to get into that, but we sort of jumped ahead, but I'll, I'll bring it up now. Sorry. There was the slate grey one that was for sale in car sales in Australia. Mm-hmm. which uh, I sent it to Todd at Stone at City Outlaw. Someone sent it to me, but I'd already seen it, uh, someone on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I can't remember what their name was, but they sent it to me if I was interested. Um, it's way out of my price range. It was $175,000, mm-hmm. $175,000 or $179,000, was not it, Australian dollars. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. literally been listed, I think, for two weeks or two and a half weeks, max, Steve. And it mm-hmm. sold. It sold. And he had it under 911 category, so maybe that helped, but it did actually sell. Yeah, you want to hope. Oh, person, okay. yeah, you yeah. want to hope. You want to hope the person bought it didn't think they were buying a nine eleven. Mm, still not cheap, right? I think you would have done your homework if you're going to spend that sort of money. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. Well, considering there's a nine eleven T on there, that orange one, which is only one hundred and fifty five thousand, I think mm. even though I'm a nine twelve fan, I would prefer the um, the nine eleven T in orange. And yep. then there's one on uh, bring a trailer, which. In the first day, went to seventy thousand, I think, US dollars, and it hasn't finished yet. I don't know what it's sitting at at the mm. moment. I haven't checked it, but it's a, it's a fully option, very, you know, concourse type condition nine twelve. So no doubt it's going to break the records. Um, mm. But for me, looking at that one that's on Bring a Trailer, I think the one at European Collectibles, the San Beige one. Is just as good, and that's sixty four thousand, which still is top end. But you know, at least it's mm. you know. I think I don't know. The one to bring a trailer must be going to go for a lot of money because if it's up to seventy already, like I said, I haven't checked it, but it it it, it could go to a hundred. It could go to a hundred, eighty, ninety, or a hundred thousand. That'd be crazy for a nine twelve. So, at what point is it overpriced? If it is, if it isn't already, when what what is overpricing though? You know, if the demand's there, yeah. it's like anything, isn't it? You know, the value is yeah. the demand, isn't it? The value is the story. You know, this is what I was thinking about when I was on the, on the, in the gym the other day. You know, mm-hmm. you, and being in content like you are and stuff and, you know, content production, you, you know, the value of a story is invaluable. It really is. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter what you're trying to sell. As long as it has a really good story behind it and those story is backed mm-hmm. up with, you know, some type of, you know, authenticity or facts or whatever, you know, I guess. But if it has a good story... You know, that's what sells the car, isn't it, in a way? I guess so. I guess so. But, I mean, then the counterbalance to it is the the physical experience that you kind of get. Um, 
and you know that's sort of where I'm kind of going well wow really at you know whatever the price is um you could get a different sort of experience um for that kind of money in not even a Porsche like or it might be a very different kind of Porsche it might not be a classic Porsche anymore because it's it, the prices are really getting up there aren't they they are getting up there and I just want to go back to Jack's story, right? Jack's 911S. He's yeah. got a 76 911S, right? And it's not pristine at yeah. all in any way. But yeah. in some ways, and I'm kind of turning here a little bit, in some ways I really do like the yeah. non-concourse concourse type of sure. classic 911. I get worried yeah. that all these 911s and 912s all look a little bit flat. They all look a little bit, and I might upset some people with this, you know, but I mean, in, in my, it, just, it just comes into my mind lately that they're looking a bit, the personality is, the personality has been taken out of them. See, I look at Jack's car and I think it's got heaps of personality. Oh, you know I what see, I mean? I see. Yeah, sorry. But I then again, I look that. at Nick's, Nick's car and Nick's car is, you know, pretty, you know, OEM basically. Yep. And I think he's yep. going to lower it, but you know, it still has personality. And I, I guess it does, like I said, it comes back to that story of the 911 of the Porsche, Steve. You know what I mean? It's like so when you see... So you're sort of saying like if you, if you restore the hell out of something and it's like, you know, if I guess nothing is 100% perfect, but even if you kind of got it to 95% sort of perfect, um, are you saying that you'd be possibly too scared to kind of drive it and scar it and mark it and all that type of thing? Or Yes. And I think, I think you have to be careful. And I guess this is a fine mm-hmm. line even when you're doing mods to a 997. You know, when we talk about this, yeah, 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 these previous absolutely. podcasts, there's a really yeah, yeah, yeah. fine line where that you take that personality out of the car. You restore it to the point where it it doesn't represent what you had before. It's just sort of gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, it looks beautiful. The paintwork's beautiful. Everything's perfect on the interior, you know. But, mm-hmm. you know, try and drive it. You're going to worry about it. You know, the value might go up because you've got that. I don't know. Yep. And I, I have the same, same thing, you know, looking at... You know, I'm going to use the F word again. When looking at used Ferraris, for example, the ones that mm. appeal are the ones with higher kilometers, the ones that have been a little bit worn and torn. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're slightly cheaper, which is fine. But I think with Porsche, you have to be really careful. And I think it's, it's the story of a 911, right? You know, you think, look at Magnus Walker's 277 car. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, it's a bit of a mismatch, mismatch, right? It's all mixed, you know, he's, whatever he's done to it. You know, it's not... Sure, 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 sure. It's not, you know, period correct and a lot of things. He's changed a lot of things. But it has yeah. such a great story, right? Even if you don't like the guy, it's got a great story, right? He says it's his favorite yeah. car. He said out of all the cars, it's still his favorite car and that was the one he would keep if he got rid of everything. Yep. And that's what it is. And it's like you see a 997, you know, and I'm not, I'm not boasting about my car, but, you know, you see some 97s and I look at them and they go, they just look like they've got nothing. They do nothing for me. Now, maybe it's my, because it's my 997, Steve, but I look at it and it just, I don't know, it has, I don't know, cars have personality, yeah. I guess they do. You know what I'm trying to say, right? It's a bit, you know. I guess so, yeah, yeah. But I think the story is personal to you, though, like it's, because it's sort of like the experience and the memories that you sort of build in terms of the great drives or, you know, um, I drove um, my wife um, to wherever on our wedding day kind of thing in the GT3 and all of that sort of stuff and all those sorts of things. Um, that's probably part of the meaning. I, th- I think I know what you sort of mean by the aesthetic, but I'd, I'd sort of ponder whether or not sometimes, because in marketing terms like this, storytelling and authenticity and stuff kind of 
I don't know, sometimes gets a bit too far blown where, and that, that's sort of what I'm counterbalancing your point with in terms of, yeah, stories are kind of cool if people are receptive to it and they sort of want to listen to it, but it, it is a personal thing. And I guess at the end of the day, if you're going to spend say like, you know, 120 grand Aussie on a car minimum, um, I think first and foremost, I'd want to make sure that just hopping in the thing and driving it is fun to 120 grand's worth because if it's sort of doesn't matter how beautiful and all of that sort of stuff it is, that it is but for argument's sake like i've spent 120 grand on the car and it drove like a you know i'm i'm exaggerating but like a 20 a 20 grand hatchback then i'd kind of go mm, yeah i'm not quite sure if like that extra 100 grand is worth it do you know but what you, I mean? But you are more performance orientated, right? You more you like performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like sound and performance. So these classic cars, yes, I kind of yeah. understand how you know they don't really, you know, work I don't mean, sometimes. I don't with mean you. performance especially in the terms of you know, especially the nine twelve. Yeah. I don't mean performance in terms of like grip and speed. I kind of mean like um, you know, like I'm assuming in a nine twelve, like a, a big part of it is that you're trying to keep your momentum going so you're probably like you're still having fun it's like me driving around in my uncle's 2002 that's as slow as shit but it was fun as hell um so that's sort of what i mean like as long as you kind of get that type of thing out of it for sure yeah and i I, you know i think you know living in 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 a city of sydney as we do Mm. as you used to do and as I do, well, we both do actually. What I'm talking about, <laughs> you're just a bit yeah. further out. But you know, living in the, you know, even just around the neighbourhood, around the city, around whatever, I think the 912 mm. would be a great car. I still think it'd be, a, it'd give you a really good thrill every oh, time you took it out. You go to cafe, yeah, yeah. you know, you just drive to Bondi, or you, you know, you know, I might drive. I probably would. I would drive it to the Central Coast. I would drive it to my family. So I would go. You know. Yep. Probably not yep. on the expressway. I'd probably drive it on the old pack and then go around the back way. Yep. Um, yep. Central Coast Highway and then then into where my brother and my, my, my brothers are. So I'd probably do yep. that just to give it a good run. I probably wouldn't do it every weekend, but I'd probably do it regularly. I'd probably take the 997 sure. over the 912. I couldn't live just yep. with a classic car. I don't think I no. – for me, it doesn't work. I can't just live with a classic car. I have to have two cars, the modern 911 yep. and the 912, which is why I think it's a really good point. I'm starting to look at 912Es. I haven't been a really big fan of them. Um, I think Jack said on the podcast that he looked at them too when he was looking for his 911 just because of the price. I'm starting to look at them. I don't know a lot about Es. Market, market cars, like I've mentioned on a previous podcast, did tell me that they're more reliable because that Volkswagen engine is more reliable, the 356 engine. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, I don't know the ins and outs of it. Um, I'm not going to mention where I saw it, but I found one today which I sent you. And I really, really like it. And I don't know mm-hmm. why. I like it because, and this is, gets back to the, the character of it, mm. you know, and Tasha likes it where she didn't like the last mm. 912 that I showed her, 912E. It's actually a 912E that I showed her. But this one she mm-hmm. likes. And I like it. I like how it's a bit different. It's not so, it's not, you know, it's not restored. It's not, you know, but I like that yeah, it's yeah. got a bit yeah. of a history about it. I like where it's been yep. displayed. I like that it's, you know, that it, the, all, that the repairs were done by Porsche Classic in somewhere in the US. You know, I like those features yep. about it. And and I love the colour. I've always loved that colour. Yep. Um, yep. And I love that colour because uh, I know someone that I was watching 
um, someone that's quite well known in the Porsche industry and the Porsche community in the US has has that color in a 911 Touring GT3 Touring, mm-hmm. and I think it's a great color. So, yeah, cool. I know you're not a fan of the 912V, but and and the other thing about mm, that one, I don't that, know enough about it. The other, I the other, yep. Sorry, it's not that I'm not a fan. It's just that I don't know enough about it, and um, the pricier it gets, the more I kind of go, "Wow!" Like it just sort of feels like a shitload of money. And um, once you start shopping at that kind of money, is there something potentially um, more valuable than that? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I I know what you mean. Yeah, but that one is appealing, Steve, because of the price. Because it is cheap. Mm. You know what I mean. That is the, yep. the cost that I wanted. Something that gets landed into Australia at about sixty yep. to sixty-five thousand Australian dollars landed. That's with doesn't get luxury car tax because it's under the, the threshold. It only gets GST. Yep. You've only got to pay the freight. Gets into Australia at sixty-six. You pay another four to get a compliance. Probably not even four grand. So at seventy grand, you've got a nine twelve e. A nine twelve e will sell more than seventy grand. So if you bring that car in in the condition that it's mm-hmm. in, because this one is in very good condition except for the. Um, because I found it on another side. It's got like a scratch on the bonnet, like a, a mm-hmm. imperfection in the paint. I yep. still think you could sell that car for 90000 in Australia, even if you didn't mm-hmm. use it. That's what I think. But I could be wrong. I'm yeah. wrong about a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, my problem uh, at the moment is... Well, then crystal ball. Yeah. Yeah. And my problem at the moment is, is we now have this property we're trying to get rid of, and if that doesn't happen, then I can't do anything. <laughs> so, Don't think about it, mate. Yeah, nightmare. <laughs> I'll trade um, you. <laughs> Let me just quickly let me just quickly, Steve, just mention a few um, things about the Apple ratings that people have given us. Yep. Um, because one is uh, one came from Mark. Um, Mark is in the UK, and Mark and I recorded an Only Stories um, last weekend. I think it was last weekend. Yeah, a week ago, which is upcoming in the next coming coming weeks. Like I said, I'm still recording these in advance as much as I can. So Mark gave mm-hmm. us a good rating there on Apple. So thank you, Mark. Um, and then we had another one from Classic Car Addiction in the Great Britain, in Great Britain, sorry, excellent regular content. And then we had another one which was just titled Weekly Highlight. Um, Steve and Michael delivered Black's banter about one of my favourite subjects week in week out, and that was from Mark and Cars. We know who Mark is. Check out cool. Mark's YouTube Thanks, channel. Mark. Um, and then uh, Patreon, Patreon Porsche Cooled exclusive member, Steve. So we have Porsche Cooled exclusive and now I've, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago I did Porsche exclusive plus. Uh, mm-hmm. One member has upgraded to exclusive plus, which I think is quite easy to do if you want to do that. So you go from five to ten a month. Um, mm-hmm. And we've had another member on Porsche, ex- Porsche, Porsche Cooled exclusive plus. I can't talk, sorry. Porsche Cooled exclusive plus. Uh, that's um, Brian. So thank you, Brian. Go, Brian. Thank you for joining. Much appreciated. Support really helps, so that's great. Um, hey, just on that, you yep. know how um, you shared the um, that rally car drive that um, I sat in with um, Jeff David that we were talking about in the last podcast? Yeah. Um, did you see Auto House posted um, a sort of pretty good video of um, another kind of rally car drive that they did? It's... Jeff and um, Jeff David's got a second rally car, which is newer than the one that I um, sort of experienced. Yeah, I saw it. Um, I saw it, yeah. Mm. So they, that video is actually really good. So if you actually want to go and um, anyone wants to go check out like a kind of cool um, 911 rally car vid, go look at that one. Yeah. Just go on the um, Auto House Instagram um, channel and um, it's quite nicely done. 
I mean, the one that we posted last week, and there was a caveat that it was in good quality. It was an old one. Um, it, and I mm. did put in the Patreon post, which you probably don't see, Steve, I don't think. Um, it was only to right. Patreon members, and I said that it's best if you view it smaller because when it's on big, if you, view, if you viewed it with, but, you know, Steve was a bit concerned because the quality degraded a bit again. But it was because YouTube, mm. because of the size of the YouTube player, if you played it in Patreon at the size Patreon player was, the quality was okay, Steve. It wasn't so bad. Oh, is it? Um, yeah. yeah. Even though it was it's like the, even though it was the embedded link, was a pixel. <laughs> yeah. Even though it was the embedded link, it was the embedded link from YouTube. But Patreon yeah. has that embedded link player, the YouTube player, and you play it on the in the Patreon oh, okay. page, and it actually works. Um, the YouTube one wasn't so good, but the file was very small anyway. So, but I still think it was good. Yeah. People liked it, and the, the guys on Patreon, the members of Patreon, gave it a like. So, and I think there was a couple of comments there. So it was, you yeah, know, cool. it was good to see. I mean, it looks like you've, you know, you've experienced things that I haven't experienced. I mean, I'd love to go in a rally car or a, or a car on the track, you know, with someone that knows how to drive. I'd love to go again. It's great fun. fun. Yeah, fun. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing which, you know, here I'm saying, you know, I'm not going to buy any more books and I'm not going to buy anything that's large because, you know, I'm going back to Australia <laughs> mid-year. <laughs> And Lego, what as we talk, bookshelf. <laughs> yeah, and then Lego, and you have to buy. We have to buy a new bookshelf. We actually found the bookshelf we're going to buy in Sydney to put our. Ex- you know how many books we have in Sydney. Now we've got to get another bookshelf yeah. to put more all these books uh-huh. we have. I mean, we have like thirty books or something. I think from here in here in London, thirty more books. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um, it's a yeah, disease. So, so I'm not trying to buy something, and then Lego has to bring out that damn you know Porsche Lego thing. The do you like it? Yeah. Do you like it? Yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. I do, and it's it's quite different from the the previous ones because, um, or obviously it's an older car, but just by the way that you can sort of tell that it's put together. I can't remember how many pieces it is, but it's a lot because when you look at it from a distance, it's kind of like oh, it you know, it's such a simplified shape. But then when you look at it closely, like they've kind of taken lots of little bricks and they've kind of put it together like you know, like a little kid would as opposed to the one that I've kind of got, which um, yep. a lot of the the parts that you actually piece together are almost like pre-molded. So it, it's, it, looks, it looks mad. It looks really good. Steve's sitting in his study with the um, a Perspect case with the orange uh, GT3 RS Lego in the background. It always looks really cool. Mm. I should have got one. I'm stupid. Um, I should have bought it when they were cheap. But I, I like it, Steve. I don't know. It, so it, it's a Targa. It's a mm. 930 Lego and it's a Turbo and Targa, right? So is so it, you can build it. I think you can build it either way. Oh, you build it either way. Because I read something that I they said, so. oh, collectors will be buying one of each and having one set up in their room as a Turbo and one set up as a Targa. I th- probably because it's one kit that you can sort of build one way or the other kind of thing. I don't know. Like, And I'm assuming that means you might be able to pull, it, pull parts of it apart and then build it the other way if you kind of want. I wonder how they so show if you the... Want a tur- mm. If you want a Turbo and a Targa, then you have to buy two. <laughs> oh, right. I wonder how they show that on the box then. They show the, both pictures of the Turbo and the Targa. I wonder how the box yeah, is. I don't know. Anyway, I read, I went to Lego UK. I went to Lego UK. How much is it? Do you know? Not much. 150, U- oh, is it 150 UK? 130 pounds? I don't know. Oh, okay. I should, yeah, have, yeah, the link. I should have the link in front of me, but I don't. Um, but it comes out on the 15th, I think, middle of February, I think it comes out to VIP Lego members. Uh, unfortunately, I'm right. not a VIP Lego member, so it's not oh. available to me. I don't know how you become a VIP Lego member at, you know, uh, um, I'm sure it's... A, I'm I used sure to it's... work on the Lego account. I really? Know. I wonder how that works. Yeah. 
I don't it's know whether going that's... going back to work for them just to get that thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And get me that orange GT3 RS for like no money. Mm. Yeah. I don't know whether it's like a badge of honor to be a Lego VIP member. I'm not sure yet. I'm, I was trying to think about that the other day, whether that's something you want to tell people. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that one to you to ponder, mate. I have too, many, too much time on my hands, so I'm a Lego VIP yeah. member. Um, but mm, you're right. I'm a, it grown, is, it, I'm a grown 50 year old man, and I'm a <laughs> VIP Lego member. I wonder what that says about yeah. me. <laughs> you're right, though. You're right, though. It looks it's different construction because it's in that different range, right? I think it's in the range yeah. that they used to do the architectural buildings. It's in that sort of range. I think that's you what mentioned that when you read that sort of press that, yeah. that stuff that was it's going not on in the technique. It's not in the technique across. or whatever it's called range. It's in a different range. Um, yeah. So maybe that's why. But it it looks super cool. And honestly, with all these Lego things, you always think they're going to be there forever. But if you want one, you know what you have to do. You just have to buy it. Because <laughs> honestly, if you don't buy it, it'll get sold out, and then you'll be buying it off Amazon or eBay for three times the price and kicking yourself because you know you didn't buy it when it was just a normal priced item man, true steve i'm getting it i'm you're getting just, it you're just like a massive enabler man you're just trying to spend everybody's money <laughs> it's funny you know a lot of the things we actually talk about on the podcast people send me messages and say they bought it which is really cool um which i had a message cool from for, no yeah. i had a message from uh todd todd from stone city outlaw you know yeah. who was on who was you know uh on the porsche school podcast and he um he went to, um, I say, Ding Dong and got some stickers. Yeah. He sent me a link and said he got the stickers from, I, I said, I say, Ding Dong. And I think he's put them on his 356 Outlaw, which... Um, did you get cool. your stickers? Yeah, yeah. I've got heaps. I bought, I went, I went back and did another order. Because oh, when yeah. I saw Nick's uh, Solar Productions one, which was the Steve McQueen yeah. production company, it was on this yeah. side window. And I thought, man, that's such a cool sticker. I've got to have that. So I bought that one as well. And so you're going to go stick else. them all over your car when you're back? Yeah. I tell you cool. what, getting onto that. No, getting onto that. Hmm. Um, Barry, yeah. Barry, who's been on a previous owner stories. Barry, who's got that beautiful uh, GTS nine nine one GTS in in UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. Barry's a really nice guy. Hi, Barry. Um, he's got his side window, and he sent me a picture, and it's full of stickers on his car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of like it. <laughs> I actually do <laughs> like it. I think if I got a nine twelve or a nine twelve e, I would do that with this. I don't know if I'd do it on my 997. I might just put a couple on my 997, but I would do it yeah. on um, on the 912. I have some stickers for you, that, mate, actually. Um, I've got some special stickers for you, which I haven't told you about, which when I eventually come back to Sydney, I'll give to you. You'll like them. Shape of a penis? No, they're much better. They're very cool. Something very, very cool <laughs> that, that you think is cool. You'll like it. That You know that 997 guy in the States that works with Matt Farah with the yellow 997? He's got tons of little stickers all over his back window. Yeah. Yeah, um, who has the mobile Pegasus thing on the front fender? Yeah, Porsche Life One One One. He's he's a nice guy. He's um, yeah. I was trying to get him on the Jay. podcast at one stage, but yeah, he's got the YouTube yeah. channel and the podcast. Yeah, he's got it full. I don't mind his yellow nine nine seven. I was talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yellow nine nine sevens with um, yellow cars with uh, Mark. Sorry, Mark, who I did the podcast with the other week, who's going to mm-hmm. coming up in the next few weeks in the UK. He's got a. Mm-hmm. Um, He's got a Cassis, uh, Cassis Red air-cooled 911, which is really cool. All oh, right, right, cool. Yeah, cool. Um, and we're talking about yellow, and I said, you know, you've got to check out, and anyone listening to the podcast should check this out. There's a guy on Instagram mm. who's in Thailand. I don't know whether you've come across him, Steve. And yep. he's got a really beautiful house with, like, glass garage, and you can see the cars in the garage, and it's really, really cool. 
I think it's called Tenister. Mm-hmm. Tenister. It's something like that. Tenister. I should have it exactly. Anyway, we were talking about uh, um, Mark and I were talking about. Um, Sorry, I'm really, my head is somewhere else today. I don't know where it is. I can't keep a train of thought. Mark and I were talking about uh, 997s and 997 turbos, I think it was. Um, and he likes uh-huh. unusual colors and he likes the yellow. Uh, and I think uh-huh. he said he liked yellow. We're talking about yellow anyway. Um, and I said, check uh-huh. out Tennister because Tennister has got, he's got a yellow, um, a yellow 997 that he has a roof box on. Yep. Yeah, it's Tennister, T-E-N-N-S-T-E-R. And he's in, the, mm-hmm. he's in Thailand. He's got great cars. He's a film director and he's the editor-in-chief for GT Porsche magazine in Thailand. Um, and he's also okay. done something for Curves as well, for Stefan Bonnier. I think he's done something for that Curves magazine as well. He has great photos yeah, right. of cars. I think he's got an old Alpha. But the, you know, the, yeah. the 997 is just pretty cool in yellow. S- speed yellow? Yeah, yeah. Must be. Yep. And, yep. and it's got the it's carbon, cool. carbon in the back in the engine bay, the carbon cover. It's just... Funny that thing we've spoken about it before. Where um, I love speed yellow, but um, just apparently it's really hard to sell. I just um, sent it to I'm you. I'm in the minority. I just sent it to you on Instagram so you can look at it. Okay. Yeah, I cool. listen. I actually listened to that podcast yesterday with um, Spike. Spike. And they were talking about yep. the colors. How they didn't agree with Haggerty's list of colors. That speed yellow was the color yep. that got the got the highest price premium. Yeah. I don't. I don't agree with and that. And then I got the guy. They got the. So you haven't listened to the one after that where they got the journal in that wrote it um, no, because no. they wanted to just oh okay so listen to the next one <laughs> they the guy that's that, after this when I go to the gym yeah the guy that wrote that article um, they just sort of basically had a little chat to him because Spike wanted to sort of talk about the findings in that article and um, yeah the guy kind of explains and concedes sort of certain things because. In that one, I'm definitely with Spike and Zuckerman. It's like, what? Blue cars don't sell and yellow cars are the most popular and, like, how on earth? I yeah. mean, I, I, I wouldn't know from experience, but you can, you can sort of see in Australia at least that a yellow car will not, well, is much, much harder to sell. It sits there for a long time. But I was trying to understand, was it that it doesn't sell or it gets a premium? Now, does it get a premium because it's a rarer? Is that what the Haggerty, Haggerty thing was trying to say, that a rarer colour uh, like a yellow... But you know, yellow is a bit of a. I can't quite remember. It's a yeah, polarizing color, what the though, isn't it? Was. Yeah, yeah. It is a polarizing color, really. In the same way that, like, a lot of people don't like red. Like heaps of people, like, oh, you're you're probably one of them. You're not really into like red cars. Um, I don't like red as a um, color because it makes me feel. If I'm in a room, angry? there used to be this restaurant in Sydney, Japanese restaurant, and it was all red. And honestly, uh-huh. I I never felt like I could. I just wanted to get out of there. I, I can't be in rooms in red. I find it really like one of those colours that just throws me off. Yeah, right. It's weird, huh? Yeah, I remember that. Inner Whatever, secrets. Um, inner secrets on the Portugal podcast. Yeah, there's all that sort of psychology of colour, but yeah. Um, what's happening with that? Well, tell me about that link because I haven't looked at it, Steve. Sorry. The um, GT3 oh, oh. launch one. What's that all about? A charity um, event I didn't thing. really... I didn't look at it properly, but um, there was speculation. I think I kind of came across it on Renlist or something like that. But was there something to do with that on Bring a Trailer? Oh, really? That there was a car being auctioned and it's under a black kind of cover and they're saying that it was a GT car, so they were sort of speculating that because they were sort of doing this charity event, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. 
does does that mean the GT3 is kind of coming out like pretty soon? Yeah, you're probably right. Let me read it. It, it, and I'm just jumping ahead here, so it might be a little bit out of context. It says, you see, Bring a Trailer is hosting a charitable bid with the winner receiving a build slot for a soon-to-be-announced Porsche GT model. The description text goes into every, every even more detail. This vehicle is a product of years of testing and work by Porsche Visac engineers. Visac. Mm-hmm. And bring to bring the car from the track to the streets. It goes on to say that the new GT variant will be announced in late January 2021, which means the only way the GT... Which means... The only way the GT3 won't be revealed then is if Bringer Trailer's mystery Porsche GT is not the GT3, but some other model instead. Okay, so we're at the end of January. Is the Bringer Trailer thing still up? Because we're at the, the end of January. January. Yeah, know. we're in the we're in 2nd of February today when we're recording, 3rd of February when we're recording this on Wednesday. Um, but so what happened? I wonder what happened. I don't know, but... The last uh, line, I just went to the article too. Just to be clear, you're only, you'll only be winning an allocation slot, not the car itself. Oh, so you're actually but, bidding. Okay, so this goes into the, the car guys video then, doesn't it? So you're bidding for a... Has Porsche put this auction up? Probably. Mm, it would have been... Surely would have been sponsored by... Like, they would have had okay. to have something to do with it. Because... Well, no, maybe not because you can secure you can secure a spot, well, but can you actually sell your your allocation on? Well, yeah. See, let let's just get into this. Look, I have no problem with it being for charity. I think anything that's done for yeah. charity is a good thing. But I do have a problem yeah. that you yeah. have to buy a spot to buy a GT3. I'm sorry, and I and and I know you know the car guys video, Steve, which I sent you, which Nick in the UK yeah. in the UK sent me. I'm not a big fan of those guys' channel. I, I don't know. They're okay, but they they kind of grind they they grind me a little bit. I know I'm probably the one. Uh, one it's okay. I'm not. I'm, but I'm not I, in tune but I do with watch, his taste. But I do watch some of their things. I do watch their Porsche yep. videos, and I watched a couple of their Ferrari ones. And I think they'd have if you you know if you ever want to buy a Ferrari four five eight or four eight eight, watch his video on that because he had both at the time, and it's a great video yep. for anyone wanting an overview. So I think some of the things are yep. good. When he goes on these rants, I think they go on for a little bit too long. Um, and he went on basically for a rant because he wanted a GT allocation and then he went to the dealer and the dealer was basically like some new salesman and, and didn't treat him very well. And, you know, understandably yeah, his point it was, was an that issue. He had a change in, he had a change. The, the guy that he usually worked with kind of had left. Nobody had sort of passed things on. His records were sort of wiped and they basically just sort of didn't service him. Like he wasn't necessarily expecting like an allocation, but his point was, well, you know, shouldn't you be sort of looking after me as a customer and sort of offering me sort of test drives and all of that sort of stuff because I've kind of got a proven track record. And, like, all those points make sense. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, no, know. I would have been pissed off as well. What he was saying was all, mm. you know, it's he was a bit, you know, I would have been annoyed too. It was he's, just ridiculous. But, you know, it's, I hate to say it. He's clearly wealthy and he's clearly sort of like a good customer. Like, you know, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to realise that the guy buys cars. <laughs> so, you know, like... He, you, you you would clearly look after him, yeah. Yeah, he used to have a Porsche magazine. Porsche magazine. He did. He was. He had some magazine which he sold. He doesn't mention it that often, but he he. I read it somewhere. Oh, did he? Yeah, I read it's, it somewhere. Okay. I'm sure. I'm sure it was him. I don't know. Right. It's it's a bit awful though. You know, like you know, tomorrow you know, my investments come through and I have a million dollars to spend and I want to go and buy a new GT3 and get allocation for it. They'll just laugh at me. Now I've been but laughed at before. Yeah. I go into Rolex, you know in the UK yep. and they laugh at me. So, you know, I'm used to people yep. just laughing at you. Even though you've got money in your pocket, they don't care. The one thing they yep. don't do in the Middle East, they don't laugh at you. They just say, not possible. And then they laugh at you. Yep. So, yep. 
least they talk. Before it's pretty him. terrible in um, in Asia if you kind of go and do that, then they will laugh at you and um, you kind of get all those sorts of weird ass looks. But um, when it comes to watches, I'm talking about. I, I don't know how long it's going to last. I, you know, I thought it would change. I mean, I really mm. did think it was changed. I mean, obviously, these weightless, Steve, these allocations are not going to be on a Carrera or Carrera S, you know, 992 or even a GTS. I don't think you're going to have this issue. But obviously, when you get into GT3s, mm. GT2 RSs, you know, mm. and like he said in the video, you know, you, you know, I have to buy a Cayman or a Boxster or buy something they can't sell off the yard first before they'll think about me for a GT. Now, that's – sorry, that's bullshit. If, if, if you've been a good customer of Porsche and he owns a Touring now, he's owned, you know, other Porsches as well – it's mm. just not right, you know what I mean? Porsche and and they're saying he's saying that Porsche doesn't, you know, to really control this. It's the dealers. Well, then the dealers shouldn't be dealers if that's the way they're dealing. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then how do Porsche sort of police it, kind of thing? I mean, it was interesting because his sort of two solutions was um, there should be a way to kind of buy either direct from Porsche, like the the dealer sort of becomes like a delivery mechanism, but you're sort of effectively kind of dealing with sort of head office or the br the brand directly or um, set up sort of like GT kind of only sort of dealerships, which I didn't quite understand exactly how that would sort of um, navigate the, yeah. the problem. But it is a problem, like obviously. Yeah, it is. Um, but it's a problem if you really then, want the car. Uh, if you love the brand and you want one, it's a problem, you know? Yeah. And I don't know because... Um, it's sort of funny, like conundrum. I guess it's sort of like a marketing conundrum too, because it's become so popular. So if you if you meet the demand, like if there's like ten times the amount of people that kind of want the car, and then all of a sudden you make ten times um, the amount, then the car becomes kind of less valuable and therefore less desired and sought after, which sort of then devalues it um, sort of later on because it no longer becomes ex as exclusive. Um, so where's the kind of tipping point between those sorts of two ends of the spectrum? Yeah. I mean, look at the GT2 RS, right? The 991 GT2 RS. Mm. I think retail mm. in Australia, I think it was 600. I think it was about 600,000, you know? Mm. When they came out, they were selling 200,000 above that. People were trying yeah. to sell them. You know, there's still someone, you know, car sales in Australia now. They're not, they're selling, you know, some are selling close to 600,000 again. Which, you know, is still yep. a good return if you bought one. You're getting basically what you pay for it back. But you're not getting those yep. high margins, you know. So I think with those, you know, I think when they come up those cars and they're at the same price, I think that's fair. When people are trying to get 200000 or 300000 more, Steve, I mean, look what happened to the 911R. You know what I mean? If you didn't sell that quickly, you sat on it, you, you know, you've gone back down to 550000 550, Australian dollars instead of $1 million that they were getting in 2017. You know? Yeah, I suppose the thing though is that like when you kind of buy the car, um, oh, I don't know, it's hard to say because I'm not really in that sort of sphere, but like do you really care? Like if you're kind of buying it as a car to drive and all of that sort of stuff, it, it no different to you and I. Like we obviously kind of probably spend way too much time thinking about what our car's worth um, and you do sort of think of it as a bit of a badge of honour <laughs> because you kind of go, well, look how clever I am. You know, like, you know, I bought a car that's sort of still worth like tons of money kind of thing. But if you're just going to drive it, what difference does it make? Yeah, true. Hey, I jumped, I, I forgot to say something before when I was talking about the stickers when I mentioned Barry. Mm. Um, Barry in the mm. UK, uh, his Instagram is at Baza, B-A-Z-Z-A-8688. Now, Barry didn't ask me to do this. Mm. I'm, you know, I wanted to do it. But Barry is, mm. um, he's got a couple of stickers that he's selling that he's had made. Okay. Um, I think he's been doing it for a while. He sells them on... Yep. 
uh, Facebook Facebook Marketplace. You know, I'm trying to read my screen mm-hmm. at the moment, and Steve can see I'm struggling because my microphone's in my face. Um, he sells them on um, Porsche, uh, Facebook Marketplace, um, and he also sells them on eBay. I think if you want these stickers, you should check them out. They're quite good. One is um, Zero and the Foosh Wheel, given. That's mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is straight out of Stuttgart, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool too. So he's done that. And I think he's done a 9.11 one as well. But he's got a few stickers there um, and they're only – I think he only sells to the UK. Yeah, he does. I'm pretty sure Barry said that he only sells them to the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, they're 50 millimeter size stickers and they're four pounds. Yeah, four pounds including of postage – PMP UK mainland only. But if you're in the UK and you want a sticker for your 911 window, just send Barry. I reckon send him a DM through his Instagram, and that will um, that was probably the best way to contact him, and, and he'll probably give you the link to the marketplace. It's a bit hard for me to put these links in the podcast. I might put the links. Actually, I'll put the links in the YouTube version of this video of this of this podcast, Steve, so then people can mm-hmm. see it. But otherwise, just contact Barry. I'm sure he'll help you out. So I did mm-hmm. forget about you're that. You're still getting tons of people in the YouTube thing. I'd sort of go there a little bit, but who it's hard me? To tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just people still getting to the podcast via YouTube instead. Yeah, the followers go up a reasonable amount. The followers are pretty constant. Yeah, you know, yeah. everything's pretty. I mean, it'd be better once I can do videos, which I'm, you know, intending to do on when I go back to Sydney. Um, as yep. I said to you, I'm going to start. I think we're going to book a ticket in. I mean, we're finished here in Bahrain shortly. Um, so mm-hmm. I intend to get a ticket maybe May for cool. May to go back. Yeah. So I'm going to book, we're going to book it and we know it's going to be cancelled by the airline. It will be cancelled, no doubt, because we're not booking business class. I'm not paying that much money. In fact, to get mm. back to Sydney, we have to do business class because you can only do business class to Sydney and you can do economy return if you buy a return ticket. They won't even let you right. buy... Um, economy tickets I don't think now because of the fact that the limitations coming into Australia the, the um, quota yep. the cap yep. or whatever you call it yep so that's that did you have a look um, this is going back to Jack's podcast um, owner stories podcast this week check that out um, friends green Porsche friends green Porsche in before. the U- UK it's good huh yeah did you see I've it I've seen them before yeah, yeah. I didn't. The specific one you sent me, I didn't see, but um, I have had a little watch of that that guy. He's um, pretty good, quite knowledgeable with nine nine sevens. Yeah, the YouTube yeah. channel is good. So Jack was telling me about this because when he sold his nine nine six, the one he had to sell very very quickly before he bought his nine eleven S, because he had no, had no funds, so he had to get rid of the nine nine six. And he sold it to them. Obviously, you get a little bit less if you sell it to a dealer. And I'd never heard of them. I'd actually never heard of them. And then I went to their okay. website, and then yesterday I went to their YouTube channel. I thought, ah, oh, I have seen this before. I've watched a couple of the videos. They're good. Yeah. And they specialize yeah. in just 996s and 997s, right, Steve? Yeah. Yes, they do. The dude seems to, like, most of his videos are pretty much, here's a couple of cars that are kind of coming in. I've got to prep them. And then, like, you know, by the time he's prepped it, he's sold it. So they seem to turn around, like, really quickly. And yeah. The good thing about it is that he just kind of goes through. I think because he sees so many of them, you got to, you get a bit of a sense of what really are the things to kind of look out for, like what does go wrong. Like he obviously fixes it before he kind of um, on sells it. But yeah, you um, didn't. You haven't listened to the owners. You haven't listened to the owner stories. No, but Jack's Jack's nine nine six hadn't had yep. the IMS done, right? Oh, okay. had it, yep. it had the other things done, but it hadn't had the IMS done. But he was getting yep. Jack was getting the you know, Jack was getting the oil treated. He would send away the oil and get the analysis back, you know, to make sure there was no yep. issues. So, yep. 
you know, obviously when you go to sell a 996, and we spoke about this, when you go to sell a 996, you're going to get people who are not going to want to touch your 996 if it hasn't had the IMS. You know what I mean? Like if it's just had the clutch and not the IMS, they'll be wondering why didn't you do yep. the IMS? Now, we know these IMS solutions aren't fail-safe. You know, they're not. Yeah. You're supposed to yep. change them after X amount of kilometers and years. But apparently, Friends yep. Green Porsche, when you, Jack was telling me that when you list a car there, they just do the IMS. They'll just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. list it. But what I thought was really good on that site, that I thought was a really good, because I'm big on these price lists at the moment, Steve. I keep looking at sites. In UK, they seem to always have them. In Australia, they don't tend to list them as much. But I think anyone who's looking to get into a 99, this is why I send it to you, Steve. Anyone that's looking mm. to get into a 996 or 997, if you go to Friends Green mm. Porsche's website, they have a price mm. list of everything that you can get done. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking just basic major service, minor service. They have so many things listed and they have the price for the 996 and they have the price for the 997. I think that's an mm -hmm. invaluable resource for people who want to buy a 911. We know a lot of people are getting into 996s, thinking about 997 if the price is right. You can go there, mm -hmm. you can see the prices. It might not be in your area, but it gives you a baseline and you can see the prices mm -hmm. that they have and you can work out, you know, can I afford the car? Can I afford the upkeep of the car, Steve? That's what I thought was yeah, good about that price list. It. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's got yep. it's really yep. long list. Like there's everything on there. Hmm, very interesting. Sorry, yeah. I didn't because uh, I've been so busy. I've obviously not had a look at it. But you know, like everything from installation of genuine nine nine seven GT three short shifter kit. Yes, three hundred forty nine yeah. pounds for I'm, a nine nine six. Same for a nine nine seven. You know, I would love I would love someone in Sydney. Like I don't know why Auto House Hamilton doesn't even do this. You know, they could do a range. You have this list. It's such a great thing to go to because we like seeing this information, right? Us guys, we're a bit nerdy sometimes. We like to see. I like to see the prices. I like to see the information. You know. Yeah. And nice. like I said, it's uh, not just major, why, minor service. I you know, why you wouldn't do it. And I suppose got... you wouldn't do it because maybe not every single time is exactly the same. So, like, um, rather, it's not uh, – maybe this isn't supposed to be a fixed price too, is it? Or is it is Well, it UK, they usually – no, that's the – yeah, they're kind of that's the set prices they've made. I mean, and they can change and they can update their web page and change the prices. It's not a big deal, you know. Um, but I thought yeah, – it's it was... just sort of like, um, oh, okay, like, let me just pick one out. Like, regassing your air conditioning system, um, it's £49, but, for example – that's to kind of regas it, but as we're kind of doing it, like if something kind of goes amiss, then there's obviously going to be another bit, blah, 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 blah. So there's still always going to be conversation in that, you know, like, sure. oh, we found a leak in it, so we have to kind yeah, of replace this sure. kind of bit of pipe or whatever. But, you know, I'm hands up in the air for them for doing a list like that, having it so comprehensive. I think it's good. And then the YouTube channel that mm. supports their website, you know, it's, it's well put together. I think that's how it should be. You know what I mean? That the information is there. It's readily available if you want it, you know. They're... Um, they're definitely sort of smashing the 996 and 997 um, market. He He's pretty thorough and mm. but the other dealer seems in the to U kind of know his stuff. Yeah. There's a few dealers, though. Sorry, Steve. There's a few dealers in the UK that specialize yeah. in 997s, though, isn't there? There's Paragon. It's Paragon, right? Paragon have a lot of 997s. Yeah. I remember watching a video years ago yeah. where they said they were just stocking up on them because they knew and they only wanted 0.2s. Oh, yeah. yeah. They yeah, didn't want 0.1s. Yep. So they would be a bit snobbish about it. Um, yep. And then there's uh, 9.11 Virgin as well is a really good one, which is always advertised in the mags. That's a really good one in the UK too. They have a lot of 9.97. Do they specialise? Because I thought they were sort of across the board. 
Same with like RPM. Yeah, they're more across the board. Uh, because you're you're in the UK, you probably know better than me. I think they're like more I'd across sort of the board. Used to come but across, I like their website. Yeah, okay. I like their. I think they're quite a good dealer. I know someone that bought a car yeah. from there actually. Um, yeah, right. I won't mention it just in case he doesn't want them to know. Uh, well, listeners to know. Um, RP te- RPM Technic though, they do more um, 996s, don't they? See, I don't know. Like I I I follow them on Instagram. I kind of watch the YouTube stuff a bit. I think they've actually also got a podcast. So I, I quite like some of the stuff they do. No, because um, they don't. They do the CSR kit, the CSR kit, right? So they do 996s and 997s. Isn't that that, that company? Uh, the ducktail kit, that kit of the car. Yeah, that's yes, them. It is I'm pretty CSR. sure it is them. Yep. All yep. right. Um, what else, mate? You want to talk about the number plate? Not important. Uh, the number plate. Uh, yeah, if you like. Um, you, you and I talked about. I think it's actually when you got your car. So you got your car, and then you were sort of um, horsing around with um, getting your personalised P nine nine seven plates. Um, and in um, New South Wales, your style of plate is the same as mine. It's called a prestige plate, um, which is just sort of like a different option. They don't actually offer it anymore. Yeah, which is um, annoying. Yeah, so there's this dude in um, Tasmania that um, I think you, I can't remember, I think we both came across him at some point in time, but he basically kind of uh, solves like how you kind of attach like any number plate to your precious kind of pride and joy. And um, I have no idea why. I think, you know, I just needed a bit of relief from work. <laughs> so I, um, I reached out yesterday just to kind of see if I could find a solution to get rid of the horrible black plastic plinth on the front bumper of my car. Um, so you and I have the same um, style of number plates. So then I um, I uh, texted you to sort of see like if I can get um, Philip to figure out a solution for me to basically attach the number plate straight to the, the holes in the bumper um, and get rid of the plinth whether or not you'd be interested given that you've got the same, exactly yeah. the same setup. And I said to you, I'm probably not interested in the front one, but now the more I think about it, maybe I am interested, but I, I kind of want to see how the solution is. I don't want to drill any more holes into the front of the bumper. No, definitely not. Right? Yeah. And I know, and I want to set the, the set the scene here for the listeners because it might be, mm. they might be going, well, why don't you just get a stick-on number plate? Australia can't have stick-on number plates to my knowledge. You can't just, no, you in can't. the UK, you can get number plates made up and you can get them made up by different manufacturers, I think. Nick was telling me. Um, yeah, you can. I from think the first same owner. in the States, isn't it? Yeah, and you yeah. can get the, the mag, you can get the sticker ones, right? You know, when you look at people on YouTube, like that TGTV, he's saying he's gonna, he'll get the sticker one because he hates front number plates, even though he never puts them yeah. on. Now, the plinth yeah. on the 997, obviously, is a black, thick plinth. I guess it's the same on 996s. It doesn't bother me that much. Uh, yeah. And I'll tell you why it doesn't bother me as much, Stephen. I know... It, it's not streamlined, mm. and mine is worse than Steve's because Auto House Hamilton put my plate on, and I don't know, they bolted it on. And there's like bigger, you can see at the back, there's quite on large the bolts. Yeah, the front one, there's kind of like bolts or something, I think. It's, it's kind of a little bit yeah. chunky in bits in the front when you look down. You don't really notice it, but when you look down, you can see how they're fixed it to the plate. No, mine's worse than yours. Is it? Not, yeah, uh, this is going to get really boring for people listening. Um, but with mine, I put sort of two like little rubber, rubber grommet sort of spacer type things because like the plinth is curved with the shape of the front bumper. And I'm now using my hands to talk to Michael. Um, and it means that like 
you've got the front of my bumper, then you've got a black plastic kind of plinth from the Porsche factory, then you've kind of got spaces, then you've got the number plate, and the whole yeah. thing kind of sticks out so far that it just sort of makes it really ugly. No, I think this is interesting to people in New South Wales because you get these prestige plates, you get these premium plates, and, you know, my plate, I'm not going to mm. hide the price, I think it's gone up to 480 a year I pay for it, Australian dollars, right? Now, I don't mind paying for it because it's a special plate, and I know you don't pay that sort of money, Steve. Um, but I really... It really does annoy me that when the plate came, it's got brackets that are really not even usable. They're just stupid brackets. You know what I mean? Like that's I don't know what, what um, I don't this know what, guy, yeah, Philip, um, yeah. the the bracket guy, was sort of saying. Like I don't. Yeah, sorry. Go on, go I on. don't know what cars they fit on. Now that guy you're talking about, this guy, I contacted him when I bought the car. I did actually contact him, and he yeah, said that he'd so. stopped. He'd stopped doing. That's why I thought he'd retired. He said he'd stopped doing work because you know. And there was something on his mm. website at the time and I still emailed him and he responded to me. He wasn't annoyed. He just responded, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. But basically he had too much work and it was too much stress or something. So I think he stopped. My problem is that Steve hasn't mentioned is my rear plate. And if you look at my Instagram, P997.1, my rear plate, and everyone's going to see this now, so I shouldn't point it out. But it is, <laughs> it is when Order House put it on, I didn't want any new holes, right? I didn't yes. want any new holes. So they used the bracket that came with the um, prestige plate. And they put it yes. at the back. Now, my plate sits too high. Now, in yes. comparison, Steve's plate, no offense, Steve, Steve's plate sits yes. a little bit low. It looks a bit hanging down. And you can see part of the holes. No, it's centered. So it's centered within the sort of recess for it. But the problem with it is that there's two kind of little holes. They're plastic plugs that are sort of revealed that when the plate is attached to the car, then you can sort of see the holes like sitting above it. And that's the bit that I don't like about um, the way that it's attached to my car. So it's visually centered. It needs to go up a little bit, though. It needs to go up yours about that much, right? It needs to be a yeah, little bit higher. Fractionally, I'm, I'm, I got, it's about an inch higher, less than an inch higher. When I, when I had mine, um, when I was doing the same thing, you know, when I got my car and I had those plates made up, um, I think I got my uncle to help... Um, just manufacture sort of like a little way to kind of get it to um, sit a bit better, but it's still obviously not quite right. The thing about the thing about mine is that look, you do have to be either way. You sort of have to be kind of fairly particular about it. With mine, you don't notice that you can see those two little plug holes um, if you're just standing behind the car. You see it when you're crouching down, or if you're in the car behind following it. Um, with your headlights on and that sort of thing, that's when you can sort of see them, which um, is a bit unsightly. So, like, between both of our sort of mounting kind of solutions, I don't think either of them are ideal. I, I mean, don't know if um, this guy, Philip, can solve it for me, though. Yeah, I mean, these are things that, you know, in some countries are easy to solve and other countries are difficult. In Australia, it's not so easy to solve. Mm. You would think it would be, but it's it's not. And I guess Australia has so many different size plates as well. Like they've got so many varieties of sizes, don't they? There's, there seems to be more and more yeah. every day that they're bringing out. So it's, it's, it's a bit confusing. They should really standardize it more. I don't know. I mean, some of, those, some of those custom plates, I went on my plates the other day looking for a 912 plate, which I found. Um, mm. And some of those designs are just terrible. They need to get a new graphic designer. They're heinous, huh? Oh, they're so... Oh, like, it's because... Um the RTA outsourced it. It became sort of like a secondary business if you, you know, like when it became my plates. Um, yeah. So they've kind of commercialised it and whoever's running it, um, their taste is up their ass. pardon my French. Yeah. So I've been listening to Spike's Car Radio. I always like to mention Spike's Car Radio. One day Spike will, and Zuckerman will mention us on their podcast, hopefully. 
Um, Steve's laughing. He's like, what in the fuck? Sorry. Um, you know, but they were talking about, was it icon cars of the, of the Porsche? Like, why Porsche? You know, like, we're, we're set, recently Steve sent me this and I didn't even know. Carrera GT is 20 oh. years old, correct? Hmm. 20 yep. years old. Um, and then they did the 918 Spider. Um, I think yep. both cars, when they first came out, after a while they had mixed reaction, right? They kind of didn't. The 918 Spider didn't sell for a while and then it sold. And then the Carrera GT, according to Jay Leno, was up there and then it went down to half price and now it's up to over a million. You know, so it's weird. But <clears throat> why hasn't Porsche brought out another one of these cars? And did you hear that Zuckerman and Spike episode where they're saying that the most obvious ones to do is a uh, um, 917? Did you listen to that episode? No, you've lost me. I'm not. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm up to date with Spike, so I'm trying to work out which one. What? Which one you're talking about? The next supercar. Yeah, they said that they need one. They were talking about how the Porsche need one and why hasn't Porsche done one? Because the the, the mm. Spider, the the hybrid how Spider. How long has it been since the Spider? Two thousand and twelve. Yeah. How long has it been since the Spider? Two thousand and thirteen, seven years ago, which is about the cycle. The cycle is about is eight years okay. for a Porsche, right? In general. So that means there should be something on the horizon. Coming do you think, do you think they'll time? do one or will it be a full electric type? Maybe it's going to be a full electric type car. If it is, then it's just going to be a Rimmatz sort of rebadged kind of thing, given that they've just bought it. Maybe that's sort of why, because well, you don't really know exactly which way this sort of technology is going. So, like, if you're talking about the particular landscape at the moment, like Lotus, Lotus are apparently kind of, their next sort of uh, hypercar is all electric. And like yeah. everybody's sort of hedging their bets in different sort of things, like some of them are hybrid. I don't know, like would a full electric Porsche supercar be the right thing? I don't know. I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here because it's something that you know, it keeps coming up and things I keep watching is that mm. I don't understand Porsche with the electric cars. Now, I don't understand yep. how they didn't, being German, why they didn't plan to have infrastructure in place that was acceptable to the people, the type of customer that will buy a Taycan, right? Now, Can they watching that? Shimmy's video, it's a pretty I, big watch, investment. watching Shimmy's video, watching someone else's video, mm. honestly, if you don't have the charger in your house and you are only going, driving the distance around in your local neighborhood, I don't think you could mm. do it. You know, this is the UK, right, which has really full on Tesla infrastructure. You know, there's coffee yep. shops around them. It's quick. There's a lot of them. They work. They're clean. And then you watch yep. these other videos with the the chargers that Porsche's using, some third, yep. some other company. They don't yep. work. They're dirty. You know, they're they're not cheap. I don't think either. They're expensive. And yep. you know, this is UK, which has really good infrastructure. Steve, how could you possibly buy a Taycan in Australia? Now, if you just want to do it in your house and not go on any long trips on it, which I think to mm. me defeats the purpose of having it because it's that sort yep. of car you want to go on a long trip on because it saves you money. Yep. I don't know how, you know, Australia's infrastructure is so bad. It's not even, there's not even that many Tesla superchargers in Australia, let alone, you know, for Porsche. And Tesla's not going to let Porsche use them. I think it's way too yeah, early Australia. to buy it. It's way too early to buy it in Australia. As much as I like... Australia will be on the time zone. Yeah. I mean, I don't... Um I'm not sort of fully, um, I'm not in any way educated as to kind of how far progressed um, all the networks are. But when you uh, when you listen to sort of take on owner experiences in the UK and stuff like that, exactly what you just sort of said, like he, 
So it sort of almost sounds like the only sort of real surefire thing is to try to go and charge your car at a Porsche dealership. Um, if that was the case in Australia, there's only like three main ones in New South Wales, Willoughby, Parramatta and South yeah. Sydney. How long do you have to wait? You couldn't get by doing that. No. So you have to have it in your house, right? You have the you have the proper charger in your house it's set up. You know, you get the one from Porsche. They have one, I think, when you buy the Taycan. Um, What's the investment on that? Do you know? I don't know. It's it's when you go through this to build a Taycan, it has it as one of the options you can pay. I'm not sure how much it is, Steve. I mean, I guess that I works for some people. Can, I suppose if yeah, I suppose if you can afford a Taycan, then you could probably afford whatever the the fee is to kind of have your I don't home know. set up. But. You know, they say electric cars in ten years that's they're not going to make any more. You know, petrol cars. You know, like I don't know. They have to get these things worked out a lot faster than what they're doing. And, uh, and Australia is well behind the times with it, when it comes to that sort of thing compared to the rest of the world. I mean, I this is where Tesla exceeds itself. You know, they really do with the supercharger yeah. network. But the other thing is, I wanted to say about the Taycan is, I really like uh, um, Mark. Who's, who I spoke to with the owner stories is coming up. He yep. mentioned it. And I, yep. I didn't even realize that that standard Taycan, the one they've just released, how they've released the base. And the rear-wheel drive one. Yeah, it's yep. 80,000 in the US, I think. I don't know how much it is in Australia. But it's almost cassis red, that color. The color, the launch color is that oh, color. F- Frozenberry? <laughs> no, it's not Frozenberry. Is it Frozenberry? No, 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 no. Isn't not it? for the standard one. It looks like I just look- I looked at it. I didn't read much about it, and I just looked at it and went, "Oh, what they kind of <laughs> they've chosen Frozenberry as the launch color, isn't it?" No, it looks it it looks very similar to Cassis Red, which which is like Mark's car, but it's a little bit lighter, I think. I mean, the, you know, for me, the best color that Porsche does at the moment that frozen blue metallic color. I would even have hmm. that in like a 911. I reckon that I don't know if it's available in 911. Oh, I think I that's just thought it was Frozenberry, man. Like because remember it? we were laughing about it on this <laughs> podcast when. Um, when they released the first one, and then um, in the press release they mes- they mentioned Frozenberry, and I think there was a bit of a nod t- to the fact that it was going to appeal to the Chinese market. And it's like, man, who's going to buy a pinky purple car? I thought it was darker. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. In the pictures that I saw, it, yeah, it kind of looked more cassis red. Anyway, right, um, Steve. I think mm. today, because we're you know things are going on, I think we're going to leave it. We're going to come back to that other topic. Are you going to be here next week? Yeah, sure. I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going somewhere? Okay. I possibly could be, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you want to talk about it out loud? Well, I want to talk about it in the last <laughs> minute. Okay, everyone, there's, there's, some, there's some news coming up. And well, no, you I, mentioned it. You mentioned it. I haven't you mentioned, mentioned it. I've never last... mentioned it. I haven't mentioned it. It's, it's, hopefully it's not forever. Steve says it's not forever, right, Steve? No, no, no. I'm talking about the kid. You mentioned that. Yeah, I'm that's what I'm talking baby, about. Like, I'm talking about whilst, not forever. Yeah, I know. Steve's, Steve's. What that I'm having, Steve's, a, I'm um, having a baby forever. <laughs> Steve's decided. Steve's decided that he needs to go on maternity leave. <laughs> At some point, I was just so everyone understands. Like because of the time difference and all of that sort of stuff, we kind of like it's the morning for Michael, it's the evening for me. Blah blah blah. Um, my wife's kind of getting to the point where she's getting super uncomfortable. Um, and work's ramped up for me, blah, blah, blah. So it's probably just going to get a little bit harder to find the time (laughs) on a, what is it? Wednesday, Wednesday night to kind of do this. So look, it's more also because baby's due in five or six weeks. Um, But if everything happens the way that everyone else around me thinks it's going to happen, it's probably earlier. So I just sort of said to Michael, hey, you just have to be prepared for the fact that I could just disappear because I'm having a kid. <laughs> um, 
Yep. Yeah. That's how it is. Well, hopefully we can do another one next week and we can do the um, the, the topic that we yeah. were going to talk about this week, which we didn't even get to. I told you it was a long list of <laughs> stuff much. to talk about. So then we don't have to plan next week. <laughs> See, next week's easier now because now we have the topic for next week. Yeah, okay. What are you going to call this one? I've got some... Steve and... Steve Michael go, and Steve just no, this took one's a whole called, bunch of... This one calls Steve Goes on Maternity Leave. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anyway, right, okay. I just want yeah. to reassure the listeners, don't worry, uh, the podcast is not stopping. Um, Friday's episode, I don't want to give it away yet, but I have actually I have actually yeah. come up with a solution, a temporary solution, Steve, maybe a temporary oh, solution. Cool. Well, so turn I've the got mic a, off and then tell me. No, no, I've got an idea of just doing a temporary solution. Otherwise, yeah. uh, Porsche Cool Donor Story is obviously still continuing. I've got, and, and I want to apologize before we go, we are actually going now, but I want to just apologize to all the people, <laughs> all the people that c- contact me, like... I'm finding it really, really hard to keep up with my Instagram DMs. And it's probably because it's my fault because I have three Instagram accounts and I get messages on mm. all of them. Um, so it's a bit hard. So I apologize to the people I haven't responded to. If if you haven't heard back from me and you've you've asked me about being on own stories, just send me another DM through michael.bath on Instagram. Um, just send it to that and just remind me. Um, at the moment... Can Instagram merge them for you? Or at no, least merge three different the accounts. two Porsche ones? Yeah, it's three different accounts. I don't know. I should just put an email. But but the thing is, Steve, um, at the moment, mm. at the moment, I have about 13 people to record. So, like, it's it's oh, not going to happen straight away. I've got about 12 or 13 people now to, to record. So... It is going to be a little bit slow, and when I do record you, it, it won't come up that week. It'll come up, you know, a few weeks later. I always tell I always tell people when I'm doing the recording what number they are and when they're going to be published. Um, but right. but we need more owner so stories. If anyone names. if anyone has a Carrera GT, if anyone has a 918 <laughs> Spider, no, don't laugh because when I said about does anyone have a Cayman because we haven't had a Cayman on, I've got three people with Caymans who have approached me. So, yeah, cool. Oh, I've got a really good one actually, which you're going to enjoy. Yeah. And I hope he's listening. Um, a listener from Norway who, I've, who I want yeah. to get on. And I've told him I want to get me on. It's just going to, you know, it takes me a couple of weeks to get around to it. He's got a 996 yeah. yellow GT3 Mark II. Cool. So that, that's going to be a good one. So I hope you're listening. Um, well, if that's going to work, get, I want to. Get somebody else on who's got a 997 GT3. I'd just like to hear somebody else's well, I, kind of I have got someone. Com- we have got someone coming on with a 997 GT3 who has had one cool. before, who has used yep. it on the track, and you know who the person yep. is. He's in Melbourne. I don't want to give everything away because I like it to be a surprise when people... Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, okay. So okay, cool. he's coming on. The person who will be listening to this, I'm not mentioning your name for his, I just like to keep things a bit of a, you know, a, bit of a mystery so people like the, you know, it's a bit of a surprise. I always like surprises. <laughs> All right, um, so that's Do you want about to jump it. Out of cake? <sighs> yeah. Anything else, mate? <laughs> my nose no hurts. <laughs> Seriously, my nose actually hurts after that <laughs> test this morning. I feel like they just went too deep. Honestly, they went too deep. It's very, very. How does your bum feel? Uncut. Did you see? I'm gonna have. I'm gonna say something. Have I don't you, want to see have your you bum. seen it? No. Hang on. Hang on. Hang no. on. Hang on. I've got a great thing for the listeners. Natasha, my wife, showed me this, and it was on Daily no, Mail UK. Now, I know Daily Mail, it's in, in you know, inverted commas, basically. You know, it's like Daily Mail, I understand. The thing about China, where they're <laughs> doing, for COVID, they're doing anal swabbing in China. And there's what? this video, and apparently it's so painful. There's this video of all these Chinese coming out of this test, testing center, <laughs> twaddling like penguins. And it's a video, young kids, <laughs> I'm not kidding. And apparently they're saying... <laughs> 
<laughs> Seriously, <laughs> they are saying. Listeners are going, you know, sorry for yelling. I'm, I'm probably breaking my levels here. The listeners are actually say, uh, the, the, the 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 article is saying that this is because they've just had the in China it now has to be an anal swab, not a nasal swab. That's got to be and some sort of come out like walking like a penguin. Joke, right? like, you come out walking like a penguin. I don't know. It's a pretty good practical joke if it is. Because it's a mix of people and it looks like it's in China, like maybe it is, but who said Daily Mail who said the communists don't have a sense of humor? Daily Mail, just search <laughs> anal swab COVID and I'm sure it'll come up. <laughs> uh, maybe don't do that. <laughs> All right, everyone. I think I think you've just discovered the title for this um, podcast. <laughs> All right, that was just a bit of trivia, a bit of something funny before we end. Because um, we're talking about something sad that Steve's going to go on maternity leave and leave us for a few weeks. So, you know, a few weeks, right, Steve? At some, <laughs> some, some point, I have no idea. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, mate. Take care. Have a good week. It's good to see you again. <laughs> yeah, just don't don't go the anal swab, mate. <laughs> you've got to watch that. Honestly, you've got to watch it. It's it's the most, It's you've got to laugh. Tasha showed it to me and go, what is going on? And then. She showed me the I image. She showed me the video, and then she told me what it was, and I was like, "Okay." I All don't right. want to. Ser- I'd I'd want to go to somebody else's computer and hit like type in that ser- <laughs> those search terms. <laughs> yeah, not NSFW. <laughs> NSFW. Um, all right. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you for listening to the Portugal podcast. Um, my levels are going crazy. I'm so I'm gonna have to bring this down. What's going on? Um, that was Steve, all the way from Sydney, Australia. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, um, mate. I'm Michael. That's it. Thanks for listening and bye for now. <laughs>